chapter 7. I'm going to read there just for a minute. This is probably something that you've read many times before. And we'll read again this morning. But it's something where I feel like the Lord has led us to this morning. And I want to just be obedient to him. And I want to preach the gospel that he has called us to do. So if you have your Bibles, you can stand with us. And we're going to read the first uh, chapter 7, verse 1. And then we're going to read through verse 8. And Jerubbabel, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him rose up early and pinched beside the wall of Herod. So that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many. For, for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand hath saved me. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down into the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, This shall go with thee, and that same shall go with thee. And whosoever I say unto thee, This shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people into the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that laugheth in the water with his tongue as a dog laugheth. Him shalt thou set by himself, likewise every one that bowed down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that laughed and putting their hand to their mouth were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knee to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that, that laughed will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go every man to his place. So the people took victuals in their hands and their trumpets, and he sent the rest of Israel, every man into his tent, and retained those 300 men, and the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come before you once again, Father God, Lord, we, we come to praise and to worship and to magnify your holy name. Lord, I stand here humbly, Father God, asking you to touch and to, to guide forth this message that you have, have given to me this morning, Lord, that I would preach it the way that you gave it to me as well. Lord, I pray that I not hinder you this morning, but I pray that I would once again deliver the message, O oh God, and I pray that you would just touch the needs that are here this morning. Whatever the need may be, O oh God, that we would glorify you. We thank you for all the blessings. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the cross, and we thank you for all that you do for each and every one of these that are here this morning. Lord, we are so blessed to be called the children of the Most High God. And Lord, I pray you just touch us, Father God, once again. Touch those that are preaching the gospel this morning, wherever they are. Touch our pastors, Brother Eddie and Brother Corey, Father God. Use them mightily, Father God, to give you praise, glory, and honor. And we give you praise, glory, and honor. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So if you go back and you read in this letter, or this, I keep saying lesson because I'm used to teaching Sunday school, but if you go back and you read in the chapter 6 and you understand the calling of Gideon, uh, the Bible says in the beginning that Israel once again had fallen away from the Lord. 
They have turned away from everything that God had commanded them. They had brought them out of Egypt. They had given them. They had blessed them. They had touched them. But once again, they, that the Bible says that they had turned from the Lord. And everything that we see here in chapter 6, once again, the, uh, and I'm just going to give you a, just a, a preface of this because I want you to see how the calling of Gideon was so important to the land at that time because there were the Midianites and the Malachites and the Amorites had, had always come for about seven years straight. And the Bible says Israel was impoverished because they would come and they would, they would take everything. The Bible says is that uh, in chapter 6 is they would come and they looked as many as grasshoppers. All over the land there were many and all the, the camels were so many that you couldn't count them as they were coming once again over and over and over again. And I'm here to tell you, and that's the problem that we have a lot of times, is we get ready for the harvest. We've done all the work and we've done everything, but then something comes in to try to take that that God has blessed. But I'm here to tell you this morning, if we would keep our mind on God and not turn away from Him to the, to the right or to the left, but look on Him at all things, and God is still the God of the harvest this morning. Amen? So the Bible says is that through all of that is that a prophet came that God raised up a prophet and told them to come together because he had a great thing. And then an angel of the Lord went to Gideon. And Gideon said, he said, and we know this, thou mighty man of valor, I have called you so that you can lead Israel out of this that, God, that, that had been plagued around them. Once again, seven years. Now, we know that anything through the numbers, if you read anything, you study anything about numbers, is that seven is the number of completion for God, is the number of the, everything that happened. So at seven years, they had been plundered. They had get, everything that they had had been taken. Everything that they had worked hard had been removed so much that, that you know, the, the Amalekites and the Midianites, every one of them had come and, and impoverished them. So here's the thing. Is that sometimes we get beaten down so many times that even when God calls us to do something, we even question God. And that's what Gideon did. He says, God, where are all the miracles? Have you forsaken all of us? Everything that we've heard from our forefathers about the blessings that came out of Egypt and it came out of all of those things that we had heard about, now where are you? You've left us. You've, have you forsaken us? Have you turned away from us? But I'm here to tell you, when we separate ourselves from the Lord, things are going to happen. Amen? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a given. Things are going to happen. But listen to what it says in, in verse 10. And it says, And I said unto you, and this is chapter 6 and verse 10, I said unto you that I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But listen to what he says. But ye have not obeyed my voice. When we turn away from listening and trusting, and we look more upon self and, and men and women and say, I, I, I'm, I know where I'm going to get my help is from, and it's from this person over here. My help comes from the Lord. Amen. And when we do that and we separate ourselves and then we're going to hear that voice from the Lord saying, when, we're, when things go wrong, we're going to hear, why is it going wrong? Why are things happening? 
And the Lord says, you have not obeyed the voice that I have given to you. But in chapter, in verse 12, it says, Gideon, you're a mighty man of valor. I'm going to save Israel through you. Really? Here's the thing. And this is, once again, when I, when I started reading this lesson, or this, this message, and the Lord started doing it, it brought up, I, I don't have to look at anybody else. I, sometimes I have to look in the mirror, amen? I have to look in the mirror because, Lord, why are things happening? God has called us. He's called us to go out into the, to the multitude and preach the gospel. He's called us to be a servant unto him. A lot of people don't like that term servant. I love the term servant for the Lord. I love the term being a servant of the Lord. Amen. But Gideon said to the Lord, he says, I'm a nobody. I, I, I'm the least even in my own family. I can't do these things that you've called me to do. But I'm here to tell you, if we would get out of that mindset and out of that grumbling and out of that doubt, and we can say, but God can do it all, and I believe and I trust in him, then I know that God can make a way where there seems to be no way. I don't know about you, but I need it in my life this morning. I need God to do great and mighty things for me. And I don't know what you came for this morning or why you're here, what needs that you have, but I'm here to tell you, if you can say, but God, I know that he can do all things. Amen? And are we going to hinder him from moving this morning? Or are we going to be a vessel that God can continue to fill? I don't know about you, but I want to be filled, and I want to be refilled this morning. I want to be used by God and let him say, uh, this is a, a mighty man of valor that he can go out and do the things. So the Bible says is that Gideon, and I'm, I'm getting to my message this morning, I want you to, but I want you to hear the, the words that, that happened to get to that point. And Gideon says, well, if, you're the, if this is true, give me a sign. How many times have you ever heard somebody want to say, I need a sign? I was traveling through Oklahoma one time. I took a picture. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, and there, I took a picture of this sign. It says, do not pick up hitchhikers because they may be escaped from prison. <laughs> I'm telling you, that gives you a whole lot of confidence right there, right? <laughs> it gives you a whole lot. I mean, these were signs down the middle of this road. I took a picture. I thought it was, I thought it was a joke at first. It wasn't a joke. I was like, so I didn't pitch up any hitchhikers that day. But... The Bible says Gideon asked for a sign from the Lord. And he took the fleece. Once again, there's, let me tell you something. And let me get to you this, this morning. Anytime you need a blessing from the Lord, there's always a sacrifice that needs to be made. There's always a sacrifice that needs to be made. And so Gideon had taken uh, the, the fleece. He had, had killed an animal. And had done all these things. And, and the Bible says that he asked for a sign. And the Bible says is that in the morning, you know, we woke up. You know, you know I know here the last couple of days, you get up in the morning, there's dew on the ground. And the Bible says that he put the fleece on the ground. And it, at one sign was that everything around, all the ground was wet except for the fleece was dry. The first time he did it, he said there was enough fleece, there's enough water on the fleece. The entire ground was dry that it could wring it out and fill up a bowl full of water. But here's where Gideon started getting his victory. 
is that he listened to the Lord and he says, I, in the beginning, I tried to make an excuse. I tried to, to say there's no way that I can do anything because I, I'm nothing. I'm poor. My family's poor. I, I, I can't do anything. How I many you know you ain't going to have a million dollars in your bank account to be used by the Lord? I'm thankful for that because I ain't got a million dollars. Now, if you want to write me a check for a million dollars, I'll deposit it. We might be go, go, both go to prison, but i still check out to do it and say that I had a million dollars. But listen to what he did. Israel had been so fallen away from the Lord that they started back in the idol worship that they had. And Gideon went and he broke down all of the idols, all the idols of Baal and all the groves. And if you can understand that, it wasn't just one little bitty. I mean, it was groves of idols to the point where the men of Israel woke up. And this is, once again, this Israel is God's chosen people. And they, the men of Israel woke up to see all of these idols being demolished and being broken to the point where they wanted to kill him. They told his father, Joash, bring us your son so that he might die. Now, that's not a good way to start the morning, is it? That's not a good way to start. But when you're obedient to the Lord, there's always going to be adversity. When you start doing things for God, there's always going to be things that come up and rise up against you. Because I'm here to tell you, Satan is always there to try to draw you back in. He's always there. I don't care how, how you get in your walk with the Lord and all those things. He's always going to try to be there to draw you back in and take and, and, and ruin your name. And that's a lot of what our lesson is going to be about this morning. He made the decision that I'm going to break all these, or these idols down and do all this. One of the, after he did this, the Bible said, that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. How many of you know we need to have the Lord fill us each and every day? I mean, you need, to, you, need to, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost just to go to Walmart. You need to fill with the Holy Ghost just to drive down the road because I'm telling you, there's some crazy folks out on the road today. And so the Spirit of the Lord was upon him, and he called. The Bible says that he sent out a message, and he got everybody together. And out of that, 32,000 men came for battle. They were ready to go and they were ready to fight. So 32,000 men had came and were ready to fight. But the Lord said, that's too many. Once again, the title of the message this morning is when the numbers are stacked against you. So the 32,000 men had came for battle. And the Lord says, that's too many. That's not a lot of many. That's not a lot of men there. 32,000 is not a lot of men when you're going into battle. Now, let me say this too. Here's the problem. Is that all of the Midianites and the Amalekites and the Amorites that had came there were over 135,000 men. 135,000 that were camped out ready to plunder and do the things that you had done for seven years straight. They had done everything and ready. But now God has called a man to lead an army of 32,000. He says, well, that's too many. That's too many. 
And this is what he said. Tell them that are afraid to go back home. That day, he lost two-thirds of the army because 20,000 were afraid to stand and fight with him. Let me get off a message just for a second because I want to tell you something this morning. We need prayer warriors that surround us. Amen? We need men and women that are not afraid to get in front and say, I'm going to pray. And not some, not some nursery rhyme prayer. I'm talking about getting into the throne room and touching the Lord. But I'm here to tell you, don't surround yourself with some people that are afraid to stand up and pray when you need when you need prayer. Amen. Don't surround yourself with a whole bunch of people with a, a bunch of uh, uh, Facebook prophets and saying, I'm going to do this. And they have no power whatsoever. I'm going to surround myself with men and women that are not afraid and not ashamed to stand up and say, I serve the Lord and I'm going to fight for you. If nobody else will, I'm going to fight for you. So the Bible says that they were afraid. And so I want to read this to you real quick. I, want, I just, I just got, I mean, I just fell all over me this, you know, when I when I started reading this. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, you're gonna, or 17, you're gonna know this. I'm just gonna read real quick. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a shield, or with a sword, with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thine hand from me. And I will give the carcass of the host of the Philistine this day into the fowls of the air, into the wild beast of the earth, and all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not by the sword, not by the spear, but for the battle is whose? The battle is the Lord's. Amen. And he will give you into our hands. And it came to pass as when the Philistine rose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistines. I'm here to tell you this morning as we look upon these things and we do all this stuff is that even though that the battle may, may seem strong and the battle, but the battle may seem totally against you and the numbers are against you and they're stacked against you in everything that you do, as you look upon these messages, and I'm telling you, these, these messages should encourage and when we read and we pray and we fast and we do these, should encourage us and strengthen us in the Lord that everything that we look upon, it does not matter what's standing in front of us. It does not matter how big it seems. It does not matter what the numbers seem to be against us. And it does not matter what the other enemy is trying to tell you this morning. I'm here to tell you is that even as David, he's a young man, he's hearing the battle that's going on. He goes to the battle and there he is. There's the Goliath that's standing there. He's probably about this tall from the floor up. He's probably about this tall and he's big. He's calling them out. And the Bible says that Israel was on one side of the mountain and the Philistines were on the other side and here's the valley. And here's Goliath that comes out every day and he comes out and he's boasting with them, send me one man. And if this one man comes out and he defeats me, then we'll serve you. But if I defeat him, then you're going to serve us. And here's little David hearing all this and he's going... But what's going on? What's happening? What's happening with all this stuff? 
And everybody's saying, Shh, be quiet, be quiet. There's, he's out there. He's out. David, you know, he's, you know, have you ever been around a young, young boy who's easily, he's all, what's going on? What's happening? What's, what's, you know, be quiet. It's like, you know, that's why you don't ever take him hunting. <laughs> When's the deer coming? What's he doing? There's this, is that squirrel a deer? I'm going to shoot it. No, you're not going to shoot it. But that's the way it is. So here's little David. He is, and he comes up, and he says, well, why isn't somebody going out there? Why isn't somebody finding him? We serve the Almighty God. Why isn't somebody doing something? But here's the army of Israel. The Bible says the God of Israel that has had, and he's held them, and he's made them forever and ever, and they're scared. They're afraid to go out and fight this one man. And here's David goes up and says, oh, I'm, I'm ready. Let me just let me. And his brother says, where, who are you? I'm here to tell you, even when you have the power of the Lord, there's going to be some around you, maybe even your family, that are going to try to discourage you. Well, where's the little sheep that you're out there? Where, where's all this that you should be hanging out with? Well, who are you? What? Just go back and, and hang out with the little sheep. Who, did you get somebody to substitute for you today and go hang out with your sheep? Where are they? Why are you here? What are you doing? And David says, move. I'm, I'm not getting in my way. You're, you're hindering what God has in store for me. You're hindering what God is going to move in my life and doing those things. And he goes to Saul. Saul says, I can't, I can't use you. you. You see, all these are, these are warriors. These are Facebook warriors. These are, these are Facebook warriors here. I don't know what I don't know what a real warrior looks like. I, I don't know what I don't know what a, a real man of God looks like. Because I'm looking at flesh and not I'm believing and trusting in the Lord. He's not saying, but God can do it. But God can move this mountain. But God can move and heal anything that He wants to do. He's looking at the flesh. He says, I can't I can't use you. He says, Hold on, I, I know I'm small. I know I'm young. But there was a bear one time, and I killed him. There was a lion one time, I killed him too. And these bare hands, I took him. And Saul says, I ain't got nobody else. It's 40 days. He's calling for one person to come out there. And not a one of these. And these warriors is willing to go out there because they're scared to death. You ever been around a bunch of people with knees knocking? I'll tell you, I wasn't saved at this time, but I had, I had, a, I was probably, I don't know, I was probably 10. And I got a knock on the door. I, we didn't go to church. We never really been to church. We were those that people make fun of now that go to church on Easter. And if it was cold, we sat in the car because we didn't want to get outside because it was cold. I can laugh at that now, but I, it wasn't, I mean, it was just more normal. That's what we did. I thought it was friends. I go answer the door. Start laying answer the door. What's going on? And there's two ladies standing there. Two ladies there. They got a Bible under their arm. Can we talk to you? Me? You are you talking to me? Well, I, I guess you can. 
So they came in there and they started talking to me about the Lord. I remember this to this day. I was sitting there and I was listening to them and my knees started knocking. I never heard anything about this Lord. I never heard anything to make me want to say, I'm going to serve this man. But my knees were knocking. And I've remembered that to this day because somebody was willing to go out and serve. And maybe they are the ones who set that seed that we need to have. You may not know what you may have touched somebody by just being an obedient servant of preaching the gospel to them. That one knock, I'm 54 years old, so that's over 40 years ago. I still remember it to this day. One day when I get to heaven, I may even meet them and go, I don't know if you remember, but you're the ones that knocked on my door. that you're not willing to go out and serve. Who are you that you think that you're better than that? I'm here to tell you we all need to serve. We all need to serve in some capacity. But here's David. He's not a warrior. He's just a man or a little boy. And here's this warrior that's standing in front of him when the numbers are stacked against you. Who do you serve this day? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let something stand in front of me from serving. I'm going to keep worshiping this day. Amen. I don't know what you came to do, but I came to praise. And I came to worship him this morning because I know that I need him greater today than I needed him yesterday. And I know that I'm going to need him tomorrow greater than I need him today because I'm here to tell you, Jesus is coming back soon. And if he's coming back soon, then you're going to have to fight some Goliaths in standing in front of you this day. And are you willing to stand up and say, look, I don't care what my past is. I'm going forward. Amen. And so he looks at him and he says, let me put your armor on. And here he's 16 year old. I'm saying he's a teenager. I said 16, but he's a, he's a young boy. And he's trying to put his armor on. That'd be like me trying to put my coat on Caleb. There's a little bit of size difference. You know, I know this is hard to believe. I know you don't see that. I'll just tell you, there's a little bit of size difference. But th that would be like me trying to put my coat on him. It ain't going to fit. It's not going to look right. You know what I tell my son, and I've told my son this, and I've told you guys this before. I tell him, you cannot rest on your mama's and your daddy's anointing. You've got to have your own walk with the Lord, and you've got to make sure that you're lined up vertically and horizontally with Him. Not worried about a denomination. Not worried about a pastor. Not worried about your mama. Not worried about your dad. But your own walk needs to be with Him. So David goes out, and here he is, Goliath. He's mouthing off again. And he's doing all the things that he's done, and here he comes, this, this young boy. And he's like, am I a dog that you're going to send this out? All right. I mean, he's making fun of it. And he's doing all this stuff and doing all this that's out there and wreaking the roar that he is. But see, what he didn't know was that David was anointed. How many of you know we need to walk every day in anointing? I mean, I'm telling you, we need to get up in the morning and anointing. We need to go to bed in the anointing. We need to eat and pray over our food and do all that regardless of who is out there and what sees them and does all that. 
But I'm here to tell you, I don't care. I don't. I know that there's some young people in here, and let me encourage you this morning. If you're wherever you're at, you can still be used by the Lord. I'm telling you, you can still be used by the Lord this morning. So David goes out, and here he is, here's Goliath. He says, you come to me with a shield and a spear and your sword, but I come to you in the name of the Most High. I come to you and all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to tell you right now, I mean, this is, this is how you get anointed, and this is how you know he's anointed. But he says, listen, all that that you have, you've done all this, and you've, been, you've boasted all this kind of stuff, but I'm here to tell you this day I'm going to cut your head off. I'm going to cut your head off, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feed you to the carcasses. I'm going to let your carcass be all that kind of stuff. And I'm here to tell you this morning, it's sometimes is that you've got to tell the devil, I'm going to cut your head off because I'm tired of you messing with me. I'm tired of you messing with my family. I'm tired of you bringing me down. I'm tired of you saying all this stuff because I'm a child, and I'm not going to let you I'm not going to let you mess me up this morning. I'm here to tell you, as he comes in there, he says, you serve this God. But I'm here to tell you that I come this morning, and I serve the King of kings. I serve the Lord of lords. I serve the Most High. I serve the Almighty God this morning, and I serve the great I am. And I'm here to tell you, the other things you can tell them is this. I serve Jehovah Rehol, who is the Lord, my shepherd. I serve the Lord, Jehovah Jireh. He is the Lord that provides. I serve the Lord, Jehovah Rapha. He is the one who is my healer. And I serve Jehovah Nisi because he is my banner. And I'm going to tell you this morning is that you can tell the devil is that I'm going to cut your head off because you're not going to stand up before me anymore. You're not going to coward me down anymore. I serve him and I'm going to continue to serve him this day. Amen. So when we talk about the numbers are being stacked against you, Gideon went from 32,000 men one day in one, one swoop, 20,000 left him. 20,000, two-thirds of his army is gone. The Lord said, Brother Steve, 135,000. Is anything too strong for the Lord? Can God not do anything? Do you trust in Him this morning? Do you believe that God can heal you this morning? Do you believe that He can move in your family this morning? Do you believe that He can heal you and, and, and make a way where there seems to be no way? Do you believe that He can save your family this morning? I don't know about you, but I came with something this morning. I came for God to move in a great and I came with expectations this morning that God's going to do something great and mighty. He says, take them down to the water. Any of those that laugheth, set them to the side. Any of those that bow their knee, set them to the side. Less than, well, 9,700 then. So I got 20,000 in one swoop. 9,700 at the other, I'm left with 300 men. When the numbers are stacked against you, when the numbers are stacked against you, who are you going to trust? Whose faith are you in? Do you trust in the Lord or do you trust in self? I'm here to tell you, I've trusted in self before and it's been utter disaster. I know I'm not the only one. But who do you trust this morning? So 300 men 
I know if I'm looking at 300 men, Brother Daniel, I got 135,000 standing in front of me. I'm going to tighten up my belt a little bit. I'm going to be puckered up as well. I don't know if I can say that online, but I'm just being it. Right, it don't matter. I've already gone. I've already gone. I got 300 men. stacked up against you. Amen. There seems to be no way. In, in the reality of, of battle, 300 is no way that they're going to defeat 135. There's no way. Amen? But this is what happened. Gideon, the Bible says, the Lord, the angel of the Lord told Gideon, says, if you're, if you're fearful, take, take this guy and go into the camp. So he goes into the camp. It might be easier this morning. Look, when you, when, you know, I don't say it is, but look, if you, if you get scared, you want somebody right beside you. <laughs> you stay right here. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. I want to be a little more comfortable. So they go and they're walking and they, don't say nothing, right? Why do you be quiet? The Bible says he goes and he stands in front of the tent. They're right there, 135. Now there's just two. 135 standing right there. 35,000 against two. And they hear in the tent where an, an interpretation of a dream is being that Gideon is going to take all of us out. You know what he said? He got a little excited. And he started to worship. I'm here to tell you, thank you, buddy. I'm here to tell you this morning, sometimes you need to praise God on credit. Sometimes you need to thank him for the victory that's not there that you're believing in. Sometimes you need to go ahead and thank him that my family that's not saved is going to be saved. Sometimes you need to thank him that the doctor is called a terminal illness, that I can still be healed. Amen. I'm here to tell you, I was at the gym the other day, and I've got a friend of mine. He's an older, I say he's a friend of mine. He's an older man. He's 83 years old. He's blind in one eye. He's got 40% of vision in this eye. He came into the gym and his left side was drooped. I said, brother, are you all right? He says, well, I think I had a stroke. He says, I went to the doctor when this was going on, and they looked at me and says, yeah, it looks like you're having a stroke or had a stroke. And I said, well, what did they do? He says, sent me home. I said, wait a minute. They didn't give you anything? They didn't do anything. He said, "No, come back and make a make a make a uh, make a, a visit later, make an appointment later." I'm like, "If you're having a stroke, they can work with you right then and there." And so I said, "Well, you know, I do what a lot of us do. Well, I pray for you." And I kind of walked off, and the Lord said, "Pray for him now." Amen. Amen. <laughs> We're in the middle of this gym. Are you sure? You ever question the Lord? You ever been? You ever been Gideon? I can't do that. 
myself. I, I man, I beat myself up the whole time. Man, I'm, I gotta. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna have to go up to. And I got my stuff. And I said, Brother James. I said, I'm gonna pray for you. He says, Well, don't forget me. And I said, No, no, no. I said, I want to pray for you now. Amen. I said, I'm gonna pray for you now. He says, You pray for me now. He's an old Baptist man. 83 years old, he's an old Baptist man. And I'll tell you, in the middle of that gym, he grabbed my hand and he pulled it to his head. He pulled it to his head. In the middle of that gym, we prayed. And we prayed and we prayed and we prayed. And I said, Lord, I know that you can heal me. I know that you can do all things. And so I left and I, he, was, he was crying. Tears were rolling down his face. And so the next day I came in. There wasn't no droop on his left side. Hallelujah. There wasn't no droop on his left side. He came in and found me, says Joey. He says, I'm going to tell you, once you touched me and you prayed for me, he says, I felt God all day long. He says, I felt the presence of the Lord. And I'm here to tell you, when numbers are stacked against you, sometimes you need to say, I'm going to serve him regardless of what he looks like. I'm going to serve him regardless of what the numbers say. And I'm going to do what God has in store. So the Bible says, Gideon, he says, Gideon, he says, take a hundred men at a time. He says, he told the men, he says, take a trumpet, take a, 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 a vessel, and get ready. Then when I tell you, and get ready to shout. And so the Bible says that they compassed around a hundred at a time. So 300 men, around 135,000. He says, do whatever I do. So the Bible says is that he, he broke the pot, they blew the trumpet, and they shouted out. I'm here to tell you, sometimes you need to get your shout back. <laughs> you need to get your shout back. Even regardless of who's here this morning, if you need to shout, then just shout. You ain't going to bother me. You ain't going to bother them. But sometimes we need to get our shout back. And the Bible says that those 135 got up and they started. The Bible says is that they got in and they, they basically killed them, each other. 120,000 of them died by each other's sword. Don't tell me God can't do it. Don't tell me God can't do anything. Don't tell me and don't limit what God can do this morning. Don't come to this altar here in a minute and say, well, I, well, if you're not going to, look, I came here expecting God to do great and mighty things. I came here in regards of how it looks in the, in, the, in the world today. I came here believing and trusting that God can still do great and mighty things, and I expect that this morning. Amen? I just want to, I want to move on real quick because I want you to see this. Well, I don't need, I don't need that. There's a lot of times is that your past will always follow you around or what the world thinks of you. 
And what I want you to understand by that, what I mean by that, I don't care if you used to be an addict. The world is going to remember you by an addict. If you used to be an alcoholic, they're going to say, well, that's, you know, that's oh, Bob, he's the alcoholic. That's Tim, he's the addict. He's the, he's the dope fiend. He's the, he's the heroin addict. He's the meth head. He's this and that. I don't care if you've gotten saved. I don't care if you've gotten here. People in the world are still going to call you by those names. I remember, I'm telling you about the, when, the, when the numbers are stacked against you. Rahab the harlot. I mean, could you imagine that? That you're known in the Bible to, to be introduced in the Bible as Rahab the harlot? That's not, that's, I'll tell you, that's not a good thing. Right? right? But that's what the, the people knew her as, Rahab the harlot. But I'm going to tell you that she was obedient to the Lord, and now she is in the lineage of Christ. The demoniac. The Bible says is that everybody knew who he was because they had cast him out, living in the tombs, cutting himself. He's doing all this to even where they chained him up and he would break the chains and the fetters. They knew him as the demoniac, but once he got in the presence of the Lord, 2,000 pigs drowned that day. The Bible says, or Jesus said, what is your name? He says, Legion, for we are many. But to the point now that we recognize him as the demoniac, but he went out into to the, to the world and preaching the gospel, the Bible says that even in the capitalists and all those that were there, that they knew that somebody had already been there. They found him, the, the people found him clothed and in his right mind. I'm here to tell you, all it takes is one visit with the Lord. Getting in the presence of him and there all the things. The woman at the well, come see a man who can tell you everything about it. The woman in adultery, everybody was ready to stone her, but Jesus says, where is thine accusers? Right. There are none. He says, neither do I. Sin no more. Amen. Right. Amen. I want you to, go, Kirsten, if you can come, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to close. I'm not going to, you would know who this person is if I said this, and I'm not here, I'm not trying to tell you this to embarrass them. It was, I don't know, within, maybe within two years, we were having a prayer meeting, and the three of us were left was me and Brother Eddie and Brother Corey. Somebody from the church that you would know said, I'm not there to embarrass her, who was battling addiction. She came, and she was intoxicated, but she came to the church. And we prayed for her, and we prayed with her. I don't know what happened or how it got to that point, but I don't know where Brother Ed and Brother Corey were. I think they went to make, try to make a phone call. She and I were sitting in those two chairs in the front. She is still intoxicated. Bound. She's bound. And I said, 
Well, I'm not going to say her name, but I said, so-and-so, I said, the only way that you're going to get out of this is if you get in that altar. That's the only way that you're going to be here. Brother Philip, she turned at me and, and growled, and she said, are you going to get this thing out of me? Or she said, are you going to get this devil out of me? Not by might, not by power, but my spirit, saith the Lord. You're looking upon flesh to get that devil out of you. But you get in the presence of the Lord in that altar. I'm telling you, Jesus can set you free. Jesus can heal you. Joey can't do it, but Jesus can. Joey can't do anything, but the Lord can. She's now, she's, she's not bound anymore. Thank the Lord. But I'm here to tell you is that God can still do it. When numbers seem to be stacked against you, you've been called everything by this world. We've been called crazy. Your past may have been where they call you whatever, an addict, a, 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 a liar, a, a dopehead. All of those things, the numbers stacked against you. But the one thing that we all should have in common is being in the presence of the Lord. And if you get here, it doesn't matter what the rest of the world calls you. All you've got to know is when Jesus calls you, it totally changes the atmosphere. Stay with me if you will. I've got one more point, and I'm not gonna, I know I'm not gonna preach a 30-minute closing. We all know it from the day of Pentecost. There's 120 still in the upper room. 120 that were in one mind and one accord. 120 they got filled when the Holy Ghost fell that day. And 120 that took that word outside of the church. The Bible says, Brother Daniel, that devout men from all over were there. But when they saw it, they mocked them. They saw it, they accused them of being full of new wine. There's not 120 of us here this morning. But when Peter preached to them, he says, this is not, these people are not drunken as you suppose, but this is what was prophesied by Joel. And this Holy Ghost that we need to have, that was fell on them, can fall on us this morning. And I'm here to tell you, as the Bible says that that day, that day, 3,000 got saved. To the point where they were continually being saved as they went out and they preached the gospel. I'm here to tell you there's probably 75, 80 of you here this morning. If we would be in the right mind and one of mind and one accord with Him and we would let Him fill us this morning, I'm here to tell you families could be saved. Families could be healed. 
Loved ones would be filling our pew sitting beside of us because they would be here this morning. But the numbers seem to be stacked against us because the world is out there today. But I'm here to tell you, I don't serve the world. I serve the Lord. I serve the one who is coming back for you and I. I serve the one regardless of what they say. I'm still going to serve. They may call you something. They may make fun of you. They may all those things. But I'm here to tell you, stand strong in the Lord. Don't worry about what they say. Because one day you're going to hear, well done, good and faithful. I'll tell you, make a mommy want to shout. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done that you carried on regardless when the numbers were too big for you. Regardless where Goliath stood in front of you. Regardless what the doctor said. Regardless what they called you. You stood strong and you weren't worried about what those numbers looked like. But you relied on me. As the Bible says, as Gideon was filled with the Spirit, we need to be so as well. And I'm here to tell you, there's some needs here this morning. If you have a need, and we're going to talk, we're going to have an altar call this morning. Now we're just going to have a general altar call. If you have a need this morning, I'm here to tell you, now is the time to fight. Now is not the time to be scared. Now is the time to get in these altars and say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I believe in you. And Lord, I'm going to lay it all at your feet this day because I need you greater than I need anything else. I need you more than the air that I breathe. And I come to serve you this morning. So if you would come this morning, if you have a need, do you not need? I'm telling you, come before the Lord and let Him move on you this day. And don't be afraid nor ashamed, but stand firm in who God is and trust in Him, and know that He will move in a great way for you this morning.